she had said to her parents that she was being held on board against her will. She was. She said that she she um she wanted to leave and she'd been told she couldn't leave. Hi, welcome back to the podcast. This is podcast number five. It's been a few weeks since I did a podcast. Actually, it's been so busy that I haven't even really noticed the time that has elapsed since the previous one. But here we are anyway. Now, what I want to do is I want to introduce uh, a new section for the podcasts, whether we'll do it every week or every time we make a podcast. I think we probably will. Uh, and it's basically answering some questions that have come up from YouTube videos. I had some interesting questions come up. Now, most of these are based loosely around the subject of the re most recent feature video, which is uh, I think at the moment it's called uh, No Pay for Four Months. When we don't get enough views, we, we might change a title of a video after we've posted it just to see if it increases the popularity of that video. So we've done that. So that's why I said at the moment it's called No Pay for Four Months. Uh, anyway, the video is talking about the yachting industry, working in the industry, kind of explaining how the process goes from find, looking for a job to uh, to going on board and spending your first day on board and stuff like that, what it's like, how how you get there, you know, the logistics of it, stuff like that. But it's done in a funny way with some stories about things that have happened to me in, in my time at sea. And also, you know, some uh, just some humour in there. So it, it might sound a bit boring, but it's actually a funny video. So if you haven't seen it, I'll put a link in the description. Uh, in the top corner here, if you're watching on YouTube, in the description on YouTube, uh, if you're watching on or if you're listening on, uh, you know, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, then if I can put a link, I will. If not, then just go to the Isisman Supiata channel and it's the it's the feature. Anyway, one of the questions that came up, uh, I didn't write down the people's uh, names, unfortunately, but it says, very interesting. I might like working on a yacht. What positions are there for a 70-year-old plus LOL? Uh, well. There's a Chief Stoker uh, or um, Crow's Nest, Lookout. Uh, obviously, these are old positions that no longer exist. Actually, my grandfather was a Chief Stoker. Uh, on a, this is a Stoker was somebody who put coal into the into the fires to get to keep the engines going. You know. Anyway, interestingly, when I worked on the in the cruise ship industry, I was just talking to my partner about it because she, she also worked in the cruise industry and um, I couldn't remember the name of the position that I'm going to talk about, but she, she remembered it. But on the, on there that we had these elderly men who worked there, they were called, they were called gentlemen hosts and they would, um, they were actually employed by the cruise line and they came on board and stayed on board. And if we had like widows who came on or single women who were, you know, older in their sixties or whatever, these gentlemen hosts would um, would chat to them into the, in the ballrooms and dance with them if they wanted to dance and stuff like that, and that was their job. That was so the sole job on board was gentleman host, which I always thought was was quite funny. So, not funny, but funny. Like, but you know, it was quite charming in a way because it's like these men were you know very uh, you know well dressed in the tuxedo and that and very polite. They knew how to treat women without you know, in a, in a respectful way and stuff like that. But it was a really cool thing. But, but these men are all, you know, in the 60s or whatever. Um, I don't know how you get a job like that. I've never seen one advertised, but 
but anyway, we had them. So I thought that was quite funny. Now, uh, next question, uh, which is a more serious question, is uh, if you're employed on a yacht, what employment laws apply from which country? Now, it's quite straightforward. Uh, the flag state, so whichever flag the, the, the vessel is flying, those are the laws that you work by in general. So what now that does not mean. So, for example, most of those flags, you'll never go to the place where the flag is, right? So Cayman Islands, maybe you'll go to Cayman Islands, you know, in one, on one occasion on that vessel. But the most likely scenario is that you're the vessel that the flag that your vessel is flying, um, you're not going to be there, right? So you're going to be in another country. So you'll probably be in Europe or you'll be in the Caribbean. So if if you're, you know, if your vessel is Cayman Isles or Malta and you're in France or somewhere else, there are laws that override the laws that apply to that flag state. So in, in terms of human rights and things like that, they can't mistreat you because if, if your flag state was from, I don't know, some made-up country where it says it's okay to beat people with a stick <laughs> um, and you're in France. They're not allowed to beat you with a stick in France because their employment laws apply, right? It doesn't It doesn't work like that. So the employment laws will be in effect in terms of your ability to sue if you feel like you've been unfairly dismissed and stuff like that. But uh, if they try to mistreat you, um, then you still have, uh, if you're, like I said, if you're in Europe, you still have recourse based on the laws of the countries that you're in at the time. Um, so and I'm going to go into that a little bit more. There's another, there's a follow-up question that's going to explain a little bit more about that. Um, uh, but before I go into that, I'll, I wanted to tell a quick story about, about something that happened in terms of that question. So about the uh, employment laws. Now, I, I was working on a cruise ship. This, so this is probably 20 years ago, at least, maybe longer. Um, so it would be in the um, early noughties, as they call it, the, the between 2000 and 2010. And um, I was on the bridge. It was about 11.30 at night. And we received a phone call, which, you know, you don't get many phone calls, uh, external phone calls. I mean, we get phones ringing all the time, you know, inside, like on board the vessel from reception or whatever. Um, but you don't get many phone calls that come in from the outside. And when they do, they ring differently. So you know before you answer it that it's, it's an external call. Uh, anyway, I answered this call and it was from, I don't remember exactly now, it might have been like the Coast Guard or or or, or, Coast, or Search and Rescue Centre, somewhere like that. It was an authority. Um, but basically what had happened is there was, a, there was a young girl on board. She was working on board. I think she might have been working in a restaurant or housekeeping. I don't remember exactly. She had said to her parents that she was being held on board against her will. She was. She said that she she um she wanted to leave and she'd been told she couldn't leave. Now, this is. It, it sounds like. I, I mean, I don't. I didn't get, never got the full story, uh, but it sounds like nonsense to me. But I'll explain why. Um, I'll explain what happened first. So anyway, I I took the call. Um, I quickly contacted the captain. Like I said, it was very late at night, so the captain would have been sleeping most likely. He came onto the bridge. Um, I explained to him briefly. On the, on the call to him that um, what what was being said. He came quickly, dealt with it. 
And then he got in touch with the crew purser and then they dealt. And the next day we got into port and the girl was taken off the ship, disembarked, you know, and then sent home. She, she was bought a flight and sent home, dealt with very quickly. Now that was as much detail as I ever got in that story. And, um, but, uh, for whatever reason, she told her parents she was being held against her will. Now I know that was nonsense because I was working on the same vessel, right? And I know she probably was just inexperienced, very young, and she didn't really know how to just say, I want to go home. It's also possible that head of department, if she went to a head of department, let's say she's in housekeeping, she goes to the head of housekeeping, says, look, I want to leave. And maybe that head of housekeeping has said, look, you know, we don't want, we can't lose you right now. Maybe you could stay till the end of the month, or maybe you can stay until we find the replacement, something like that. Maybe, maybe she got a story of like that. And then she felt like, she was being forced. She didn't want to stay, but she said okay. But then she felt afterwards like she did. She wish she hadn't. I don't know. I'm just making making up a story that sort of fits in that situation, and maybe that's what happened. So then she tells her parents that she 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 wanted to leave, but they wouldn't let her. Maybe, and then and then the parents call the police. The police get in touch with the port authorities. Maybe I don't know who. I don't remember exactly who it was who called. It was somebody like from the authorities, like maybe Coast Guard or something. And she was removed immediately. You know, she was she was the next the next moment we, we were in port. Boom, she was off the ship and she was sent home. Um, so you know the the employment laws were that were such that you have to repatriate somebody. You can't dump somebody off in a foreign country and then leave them there and say right, okay, here's your here's your final salary. Go home. Um, I'm going to come back to that in a minute, actually. Um, so, so yeah, so uh, in actual fact, the next question is, this was from, uh, this is on the latest video, is that when you're brought on as crew, are your flights to the yacht covered? Uh, what about flights back home? I, I know this is normally the case on the cruise ship crew, but curious to know about yachts. Well, the reality is that if you work on board a vessel, they are required by law, by maritime law, that they have to repatriate you to your country of origin or whatever your abode is, when you, when you sign up, they'll ask you what's your home port or what's your home airport. Uh, and if I if I say London, then they have to send me back to London uh, when my trip is over. Or even if they fire me, like they have, still have to repatriate me. They can't just dump you in, you know, in um, South Africa and say, right, you make your own way home. Uh, it doesn't work like that. Um, so now, if I have heard of people. Uh, I've have heard of stories where people have contacted us here at the channel and said that they would they were that very thing happened to them. And it's illegal. No no yacht is allowed to do it. And what I would say is, if you're on a, ever on a yacht and they try to dump you in a port and they don't give you a ticket home, or if they don't pay your final salary, they, like sometimes they might say, "We'll pay your final salary," but you don't get it immediately, right? You don't get it the day you leave. They don't pay you in cash. It's put into your bank account. But if they if they say imply that they're not going to give you your final pay, or they put you in a port with your suitcase and they don't give you a ticket home, go to the harbor master's office in that in that harbor wherever you are. It might be called something else if you're in a foreign country. It might be called a capitania capitaniary. Um, uh, anyway, the harbor master's office. Go to the harbor master's office and tell them that the vessel that you were working on has dumped you in the port, they've not given you a flight home, and you need them to deal with it. Now, the harbour master will arrest that vessel. Uh, he will prevent that vessel from leaving, and they will tell them that you must 
repatriate that person. You can't leave them in our country, right? So if you if you're let's say you're from New Zealand and you're and you're they dropped you off in Monaco and and they say you you're out of here, you know, and they leave you, they'll arrest the vessel and the vessel won't be allowed to leave until they buy you a ticket home, right? So that is uh, how it works uh, with it with in terms of flights. Um, and nobody should ever be dumped like that, regardless. If, even if they even if they might try to tell you a story that because you fired and because you're within a month, let's say you just started and you've only been there three weeks, they can't do it. I'll give you an, an example for that as well. Uh, I was on a, a yacht and we were in a refit in Germany, and a girl was hired. She was she was from New Zealand. She was or she might have been from Australia. She was from down that way. She was already in Germany. For, I don't know why, but she probably came off another boat or something. But she was in Germany. She got hired by the boat. She stayed on board. Well, she we weren't even on board. We were in uh, apartments because the boat was in refit. She she was employed for five days and then she resigned, and they had to fly her home. So she she did it for a flight home. I'm, I'm pretty sure she did. She just wanted a, a flight home, so she signed onto the onto the yacht and then and then quit. And they and they flew her home. So even in that situation, they the the boat did the right thing. They had to do it by law, uh, even though she kind of like used it. You know, she abused that situation. She knew that that would happen. But that's the, the like I said for the people who think that the yacht has any legal reason to not fly you home, they don't. So. Just, just know that for future reference. If you're ever in that situation, I mean, you know, it's kind of a last resort to arrest a vessel. But like I said, if, if you're if you're standing on the quayside with your suitcase and you got no money because they didn't pay you yet, right? Because you, you know they don't pay you in your hand; they pay you into your bank. And if if it's not been long enough, like you, let's say you got employed there and you've been there three weeks and you haven't been paid and you got no money, then for sure do that. But it, like I said, if if you're ever in that situation. Um, I wouldn't hesitate to do that. Actually, um, I would go and uh, go and find the harbour master and tell them what's happened, uh, because you do have rights, you know. And I, I know stories of boats that have been arrested. Um, in fact, um, the yacht um, uh, Sarafsa, they, they, a number of the crew there, they uh, filed a court case. They filed a, a lawsuit in court against that vessel in uh in antibes in france i don't know whether the vessel was ever arrested there but they did it because that was its home port so you can do it it's it's exceptionally rare but it does happen um and the reason why those people sued the, the crew members sued was, was because of not being paid right now if you've seen the most recent video the feature that i did one of the stories i told in there is that we didn't get any pay for four months well i didn't get any pay for four months and some of the crew hadn't been paid for six months. Now I spoke to some, I spoke to a crew member fairly recently who, who still worked on that boat. I don't, I'm not sure if he still works there now, but he, he still worked on the boat and he told me that he was up to six months. So he hadn't been paid for six months, which is quite outrageous. Um, and people, I, there was quite a few comments there saying, ah, why would you anyone stay that long? Because you know, you would just leave if you don't get paid. And, and I kind of understand that when you're, not in that situation um but it, it doesn't it doesn't start that way so yeah the way it starts is you know you get you're on board and you don't and it gets to the end of the month and you're expecting your pay then you don't get paid and then you start working and they tell you oh, well it's been delayed but you know and then you say okay i'll start getting the next pay and then you will start waiting again right and then the next month goes through and you don't get any pay and you're like oh crap now if you leave 
you're thinking, if I leave, am I going to get that money that they owe me? And maybe they'll pay me soon. You know, you're not expecting it to go on much longer. So you're kind of in this limbo and you're working and you don't, you know, maybe it's your first yacht and you don't want to upset anyone because you know what? It is a small industry and things that word, word gets out and stuff like that. You know, there's lots of things that might be going through your head. Now, if you're on board a vessel for years and they're doing this and you're not getting paid for six months, then you get paid and then you're not getting paid for another six months, then I can see that there would be cause to find another job. And most people do, in fact. That vessel that, that um, I worked on, I mean, I left and a number of other people had left who'd been there for some years. And, and it's really bad for a yacht to lose people who've been there for quite some time, right? I was there, I wasn't there that long, really. I was there th maybe three years. But some of the others, some of the um, some of the others have been there quite a number of years. You know, we're talking five, six years. So you're losing a lot of um, knowledge there, brain drain, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, and and you have this high turnover, so you lose, you know, you, the vessel becomes less, uh, you know, in terms of the owner, the vessel is less. It's not as um, what's the word I'm looking for? The crew don't have the knowledge to. Um, to do their job as, as good as the people who left, right? So you, you, you're putting yourself in a, in a worse situation. Like in terms of the owner, they don't really see any of this stuff, but you know, it can affect them if there's problems on board and the crew can't fix it engineering wise, or the, or maybe the new second officer or the new captain crashes into something, you know, these, these are effects. These are knock on effects that you've had because of your, because of the conduct of your management. For the vessel you've lost the good captain who was there for years and the new captains come in and damage the vessel now the vessel's going to come out of the water and these are all based on experience by the way this has happened to me on yachts that i've worked on where the captain has been backing out of a out of a, a synchro lift in uh, la ciota and boom hit the side damaged the vessel so the vessel now needs to be repaired things like that you know um these and these were new captains right so they don't know the controls so well they don't know the vessel as well and because you're poor management, you've lost the brain, you know, you have this brain drain. Um, but in terms of the, the crew, you know, you, you, they start off thinking, you know, oh, I didn't get paid this month, but I'll, I'll get it next month, you know, and it goes on like that. And But then the, on that vessel, uh, people got tired of it, you know, and some people would come on board and they would work for three months, four months straight, no pay. So they've, they've come on board. So in often terms, they're young people. They don't have any savings. They don't have any money. They come on board to work, and then they don't get paid for three or four months. They can't afford it, you know, because they've, they've they've still got bills to pay and stuff like that. So it is a, it's a really bad situation. It's exceptionally rare for it to be that late. In my experience, I only ever, well, based on the video, the feature video, I only worked on a few boats that was late with payments. And most of the other vessels were very good with it. But people will leave and they will go and find another job, you know, because the last thing people want is to be constantly wondering if they're going to get paid. People have got mortgages and, you know, what, all the other spills that the, the people need to pay. And like I said, when I was in that situation, I, I was doing YouTube already, so I didn't have to worry about, I mean, I still worried about the money, but I wasn't counting on the money. Uh, like some people were, and I'm older as well. So, you know, I wasn't in the same situation as a lot of the younger people who worked on board. Now, there are other boats out there right now where the crew are not getting paid. Uh, I, I can give you an example of one. Uh, Motiat Luminosity 
and Motia Alfa Nero. I mean, there's a very, a very public uh, court case going on, but certainly with Alfa Nero, with a, a number of the crew sued uh, the the vessel. And now, where it different, where it uh, differentiates between on land is when you have a problem with a vessel, you sue the vessel and not say the owner or something like that. So it goes to that vessel and it's attached to that vessel. So even if, even if the owner sold the vessel, and that wasn't dealt with. Uh, the new owner of the vessel would have to deal with it. So it stays with the vessel. And, you know, in the terms of Alfa Nero, we, we reported on Supiat News a while ago that they had um, they had already uh, won their case where they, they were, uh, the court had agreed that they were owed this money. Now, they still don't have the money, but they, but when the vessel is sold, when, when the government of Antigua, if the government of Antigua finally gets permission to sell that vessel, once it's sold, a portion of that money will go to pay the crew what they're owed, the ones that sued in that lawsuit. And that is something that is taken very seriously, you know, if uh, if a vessel is arrested. Vessels can be arrested for that situation. So the crew that are on that boat right now, if they if they all hadn't been paid for six months and they decided to, they could go to the harbormaster in the port, wherever they are. They could say, look, none of us have been paid for six months. And we want to have the vessel arrested and the vessel would be arrested and then the owner would have to pay they'd all get fired of course <laughs> but if it was that desperate and they wanted to there's a surefire way of getting your money and that is have that vessel arrested but on the downside is that if you certainly if you did it on your own if you unilaterally went and have a vessel arrested it could stick with you in the future right i'm not saying that's right I'm not saying that it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that if you had a vessel arrested and then you went and apply for another job somewhere else, and somebody knew the story, then it could come back to hurt you a little bit. Uh, the industry is a small industry and things that happen, they tend to, word tends to spread, you know? So it might, I'm not saying, I, again, I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just saying it is a thing. And, um, you know th things spread you know i'll give an example when i was working on the cruise ships i was contacted by an agency they said they wanted me to go back to a cruise ship that i'd worked on years earlier the cruise ship was going through a transition from uh it were it was in it was it was leased by a cruise ship company and the lease was expiring and the cruise ship was coming out of that company it was going to go it was going to become an independent cruise ship company and they needed somebody to oversee that the change from the old one to the new one. So they needed someone who knew the old system and they could work on building this new system, right? So that's what I was brought in for. And the guy who was on board who I was replacing, he didn't know he was being replaced, but he was, um, they were saying it wasn't working out with him. That's all they said. I don't know how this had happened, but he'd actually become quite uh, aggressive with the captain of the vessel of, of uh, you know, of all the people you could become aggressive with, the captain. Um, and they were both um, they were both from the same country. I don't know whether that had anything to do with it, but um, this guy had abused his position, basically, and he was being quite aggressive and rude and stuff like this. And the, I got brought in, he got fired. But what he'd done is, before he left, he damaged some fiber optic cables that joined one server room to another. And so the systems had completely failed and I had to, one of the first things I had to do when I got there was fix this problem. He thought he'd get away with that, you know, and he, you know, maybe in the long run he did, 
but it's such a small industry even the cruise ship industry it's such a it's such a way that you, you those kinds of things will follow you around right and for whatever reason you know i mean i always say it was a personality flaw of that guy like regardless of what the captain said he's the captain at the end of the day and if i if i've been on boats where the captain's been a douchebag and i've not got along with him and i've but i've it's probably because of my military background I've dealt with it in a way that I would have dealt with it in the military. The way the military taught you to deal with it. If you if you have a problem with someone, you go to your boss, right? And if and they say if your if your boss is the problem, then you go to his boss. There's always, someone always has a boss, right? Except for the owner of the yacht, of course, he's the ultimate boss. Um, but if you have a problem and the problem is with your captain, then you go to his boss, who is the owner. That's the way I dealt with my situations when I had a problem with the captain. Uh, but this guy, you know, was taking it into his own hands. And he anyway, he left. Now, fast forward four years or so, I'm working on the yachts now. And I've, I'm recruiting for somebody to come on board. And I'm going through these CVs. And here's this guy. The same guy who, who I'd followed onto this cruise ship. I mean, I, I was there before him, but then I'd gone back to the cruise ship. And he damaged his cables. And here he was applying for a job on the boat I was on. And he's even listed, I mean, just for confirmation, I recognized his name, but I, I confirmed it because he'd listed the cruise ship on his CV. Um, and I thought, how crazy. Now, anybody who didn't check, this is why you should always check people's references, right? Because if they, if, if, if it had been anybody else and they followed up and contacted the boat for the references or the ship, the cruise ship, they would have written back and said, absolutely, do not hire this guy because he's, he's a lunatic, right? But I knew him. So uh, he didn't get the job on my boat, at least. So, you know, it, it does follow you around. So, I mean, that's probably, maybe that was an exceptional circumstance, but at least one job he lost the possibility of getting because of his behavior, his past behavior, right? Um, and that goes, uh, th this goes on to our next question. And it's, is it possible that my last job, my last yacht put a bad word on me? I find it strange that I cannot find a yacht, even with all the skills needed, experience, and pluses that are requested in the industry. Now, the answer to that question is: there's no blacklist. There's no like super yacht blacklist uh, in the industry. There is a possibility. I mean, I in my in the last episode of the podcast, I talked about this douchebag who ran a yacht management company who put a bad word. You know, who decided that he didn't like me and and basically every yacht that was in his yacht management company it meant that I would never work on any of those yachts right so in that situation I had it but he doesn't have control of the whole industry my point is and he had probably 60 or 70 yachts on his books at the time um but in that situation there was kind of a blacklist now if this guy is applying for jobs within one yacht management company that it's possible that he might be blacklisted in that company right if he's if he's applying for different yachts then no you, it's not possible to happen now what is possible is there is what i call the unofficial reference yacht uh, cv reference system and this has happened to me and speaking of douchebags from the last episode i worked on a yacht years ago with a douchebag and his name is dean i'm not going to give you his last name but if, I, I wanted to say his name out loud just in case he happens to be watching or listening to this podcast yes you dean you are a douchebag and um what happened is is i applied for a job on a yacht 
five years later, five, I worked with this guy for three years, right? And then five years later, I applied for a job on another yacht. I wasn't working with him anymore. I hadn't seen him for five years. And I applied for the job and the, and the, the chief engineer on board that vessel, he looked, obviously looked down the list of job of places that worked and he saw that I'd worked on this boat. So he contacted this guy cause he obviously knew he'd worked there as well. So he contacts him and said, do you know this guy? Did you work with him? And this guy wrote back and gave me a poor reference for whatever reason. I mean, we didn't particularly get along so well, so probably that was part of the reason why he gave me a bad reference. But he said specifically, he told the guy that I was very good in one area or, or certain areas, but I wasn't good in this one particular area. But the thing is, we hadn't worked together for five years, right? So in five years time, it's possible to learn a whole new skill set, right? You can do a degree in five years. You can do a degree in three years in the UK. But he's going around saying that I don't have these skills when you know, he doesn't know me. He hasn't known me for five years. So I didn't, I lost the opportunity to get that job because of this unofficial reference, right? So, because you have the official reference, right? You have to put your references on your CV and then they contact the references. I've done this process in recruitment myself when I contact the references and, and you ask about somebody. And, and then you have this unofficial one, right? So they say, oh, I know a guy, you know, like even if that, even if that chief engineer doesn't know somebody, he'll say to the other engineers, anyone know anyone who works on this boat? Oh, I know a guy who works on that boat. Or I know a guy who used to work on that boat. And then they go, boop, 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 and it goes down, you know, the six degrees of separation. And then they go, yeah, I know this guy. Boop, boop, boop. And then they say, do you know this guy? And then the word comes back. The problem is, is the word comes back. It could be from anyone, right? Like this douchebag, Dean. Dean Douchebag, we'll call him. Uh, he might not like me for whatever reasons. He might be jealous of me, my skills in other areas. So he says something uh, for whatever reason. Uh, so, yeah, that's not ideal. And that does happen. So, um, you know, I, I, I'll, uh, I digress again. On another vessel, I was recruiting. Uh, we had this guy. Uh, I was recruiting for my opposite. And we wrote, well, I wrote, the chief engineer asked me to write out to the references. This is going back a while, by the way. And uh, he says, write out uh, and ask for references. So I write to all the references. And we get two references back that say he's very good, blah, blah, blah. So we, I interview him, talk to him, seems okay. I'm not great at interviewing people. I'm not great at, at recruiting people, should I say. I thought I was good at interviewing people, but I, the few people I've recruited over the years turned out to not be so good. Um, uh, not for technical reasons. I, I, I focus on technical when I do interviews and sometimes you need to talk about other things, you know, first question should be, are you a douchebag? <laughs> anyway. Um, so, so we, we, we send them out, we send the email out. Okay. You've got the job. You can start on this date. And then after we've, after we've got the, we've offered them the job, the third reference comes back and says, he's very good, but he drinks a lot. So then I go, I go to the chief engineer. We've already offered it because the chief didn't like recruiting. So we just deferred it to me, right? So I go to the chief and say, look, we've just got this in. And he goes, just delete it. Because he doesn't want to deal with it, right? He's hired the guy. It's, it's, to him, it's like, okay, that's, that job's done, right? And now I've come back with him with a problem. He says, just delete that email. So I deleted the email. And the guy turns up. And the guy was good, but he drank a lot, shockingly. So, you know, and it affected the whole boat in, in a, well, it affected our department because he would, um, he, when he was due back, he wouldn't turn up. He would, and he'd say, oh, I missed my flight. And 
you know and then he when he did turn up he stunk of alcohol so he literally he just it seems like he just decided to stay in the pub for a couple of days longer and um you know he'd turn up drunk so he was he was and he was exactly what the references had said he was good at his job but he drank a lot so i didn't i didn't i didn't stay there much longer after this guy was working there because i, I didn't like the, the way the system was on that boat but um you know you can't ignore these these things that people will say um so we did and we paid for it uh so but that's that what i call the unofficial reference system versus the official reference system you'll always have that situation so if, if, you, if you're working in the industry you'll always have somebody who knows you from a previous job or somebody who knows somebody who knows you and stuff like that and the word filters through that way and it sucks but that's that's what happens you know all right so so yeah so i think i'm going to wrap it up there i think we've gone on long enough it's a little bit short this video but um i think we've covered all the bases um if you've got any questions based on this uh please be sure to put them below if you're watching on youtube if you're listening to it on the podcast you can if you've got any concerns by the way if you work in the industry and you've got any concerns about your employment anything we've talked on in this or anything else that you that we we haven't maybe talked on in this if that story about the crew member who was being forced on board who said she was being forced to stay on board hits home with you or you know if if, so, if there's anything like that be sure to contact us you can get us at uh, uh news at esisman.co.uk um we obviously we we any emails we get on these subjects we hold them in the strictest of, uh, strictest of confidence we'll never give out anybody's name who doesn't want that name to be given out and uh, there are thousands of people now who've contacted us in the past who will attest to that that we've never given out uh the names of people who have said we want to remain uh anonymous or confidential or whatever but if you know i would hate to think there's somebody out there working on a, on a ship or, or on a cruise ship or a yacht or a tanker or anything who's not who feels like their rights have been uh who feels like they're not being treated properly um or maybe even feel like they've been they're being kept illegally on a ship which is very unlikely in this modern age but if you know for whatever reason if you are in the situation and you, you feel you need help you can contact us and we can advise you and it's certainly if it's a subject that we are unable to advise on which is unlikely but if we are if we're not then we'll, we'll get in touch with someone who can advise and we will help you uh if you need it so yeah regardless of what the subject is if you're working at sea and you're in the situation um and you need help then we are here to help uh, like i said we'll keep it anonymous we won't talk about it on the channel we won't mention it even in a in a, a you know in a in an anonymous story if you say you don't want it to be mentioned we'll never mention it there are and like i said there are plenty of people out there who can attest to obviously they won't because they want to stay anonymous but there are lots of people out there who've contacted us in the past and they've told us a story and then they've before we've actually gone with the story they've said oh they've contacted us and said oh actually it's been resolved now please don't say anything and we've said okay and we've not we've not said anything uh and we've just filed that one away and not dealt with it and not covered the story because they've asked us not to so you know we we, uh, we understand the industry you know we're not like um you know if you contacted bloomberg or or somebody like that who doesn't understand this industry that we work in we're not going to just use you as a story and then just you know whatever we don't care what happens to you we're not like that at all we understand you know if you're not getting paid that's another one right 
uh, there are there is recourse like i said um you know you can have the vessel arrested as an absolute last resort i would say that is um because you will if you if you ever if you ever had a vessel arrested uh for, for non-payment then you're going to struggle to get on another boat because that will follow you around and i'm not saying that should be it should be like that i'm not saying that uh in in, in i'm not i'm not taking sides i'm just saying that you can guarantee that that will follow you around if you if you if you were to do that so um but you know if if you haven't been paid for six months and then and and you 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 know you're in a situation where you're going to get thrown out of your apartment where you live or you're gonna your mortgage is gonna be your banks you, the bank's gonna take your house back or something like that that's the last resort and yeah absolutely do that and your money will be with you lickety split like that because once the owner finds out he can't have his yacht where he wants it then he's going to pay you your money but you're also going to get a flight home as well so <laughs> but yeah if you're having a problem and you want to talk to somebody talk you know you can contact us anyway i think i've made that point so i'm going to leave it there uh let us know what you think of the podcast if, like i said if you've got any uh if you've got any ideas for future podcasts we had some great ones from some people from the last podcast that we're talking about doing some like everyone loves the top 10 one one guy said and you know so we might do something like that in a future podcast you know talk about the five largest yachts in the world or five fastest yachts or something like that but if you've got any other ideas for uh, podcasts please put them below all right guys thanks for watching thanks for listening if you're listening on the on spotify or apple Podcasts, etc be sure to subscribe if you haven't already and yeah leave your feedback below and i'll catch up with you soon guys all right thanks for watching bye bye